right, it's another edition of the Three Point Play podcast. Boys, what is up? Hey, guys. All right, we're going to get right into it, Scotty, your favorite topic. We're going to do a little sprinkle of NBA, and everyone's favorite uh, strip club goer, James Harden, uh, is in the news again. Do we feel like it's uh, he's worth the squeeze? Scotty, I'm just going to go straight to you. Maybe you have a, another two-minute rant that you'd like to go on about uh, James Harden and whether or not he's worth it. Yeah, I mean, he's a walking playoff berth. I mean, I think he's I think he's worth it, but I only think he's worth it to certain teams like like there was there was talk today about, well, I think you I think you said something about why well, I wouldn't give up a draft pick, right? Well, if I'm Philly, I don't know if I'd necessarily give up a whole lot for him right now either cuz we we think we're going to be pretty good. Oh yeah, I would take Simmons over Harden all day with that potential cuz you know right. what Harden is, you know? Like I agree with you. He could get you he can get you a three seed maybe at your at your best in the East, but uh, you're not going much farther than that. So continue. Well, Go ahead, sorry. Well, my – I guess my thought is, but if you're like – I'm trying to think of like a borderline team like Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And I know they just did the Hayward thing, so they're not like the perfect example, but like mm-hmm. someone like that is right on the border. Detroit. Right? Like Detroit, right? Like would you just mortgage your whole future – for the next two years of Harden, knowing he's not going to stay, but you're probably going to make the playoffs in the East, right? Like somebody like that. Chicago. Would Chicago give up Levine, Markinen, and like five picks for Harden? Right? Well, like they're, they're right the there. appeals to like, you know, get sell tickets. And if people aren't even going to games, like what the fuck are you actually bringing him in there? Because that's all people want. Like they, so people will go watch him play and he can drop score 30 a night and they can end up losing and they can go, you know, 36 and 36 or whatever it is and uh, be the seventh seed. And then you have some form of relevancy. Is that all you really want? If you're a franchise, I guess. And if I'm the Pistons, then fuck. Yeah, I guess I would. I don't know. I mean, it just, it just depends. Like it seems to me like the last few years, like Orlando has been like hell bent on being like the eighth seed for some reason. Like why, like why not just tank? So I guess it, it all depends on your ownership and what they want. Right. Like some people want that playoff share. They, they want to say, well, we made the playoffs. But for me personally, I feel like this is a non-story. Like, he's going to get traded. There's no if, ands, or but about it. If he wants traded, he's out. Yeah. It's where. Like, who's would, you trade, would, would you put a, some form of a package together for the Pacers uh, to get Harden? Luke? I'd go Oladipo and Turno, Turner, but no more than that. Yeah. No picks? I mean, if you threw in a, a first, yeah, I guess you could you could maybe talk me into that. A twenty twenty six first, probably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really high. Yeah, something way later. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, we know who he is. I mean, he's only going to continue to get older. I mean, he's, he hasn't really diminished that much as a player, but he's he's pretty much proven what he is, and he's probably reached his potential I'd say I don't think he's going to be getting any better so that's all you're really getting for you're getting for a guy who's pretty fucking selfish needs the ball 90% of the time you know and hasn't won anything hasn't won anything can get you a three seed at at the very best and nothing more so if you're if you've been irrelevant and you have that way like if you're Minnesota like maybe the T-Wolves I don't know uh or some some random midwestern team that hasn't 
crack the top four seed in 10 or 15 years. If you were the, if you were the Bulls, would you do Markkinen and Levine and like four picks? Fuck. I mean, yeah, I guess I probably I mean, would. You, you'd be in the playoffs, probably. Yeah. I mean, Markkinen, no one really knows what he is yet. I mean, you're, that's kind of a, of a uh, lottery ticket, you know, and Levine is, he's pretty much like the same. He's a poor man's Harden, you know, you know what he is. He's going to score, but he's never going to get you anywhere. So right. yeah, fuck, I guess you might as well and try and see if you can catch lightning in a bottle and get to the Eastern finals or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, and I don't, I haven't heard that they're going to do that. I'm just I'm throwing it like a random team. That's like the, like the bulls are like, what we think they're going to be somewhere around nine, 10, right. Probably. And if you get hardened, that probably boosts you to like six to seven. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would still be, you think it's going to happen before the season starts like in the next week and a half too? No, because I, I, who are the two, the two shooters are the nets. And if they wanted to do the Nets deal, they already would have done it, right? Like, we know the Nets deal. It's those three guys and some picks. And clearly, they don't want to do that. And Maury came out and said last week or whatever that, no, we want to, we want to do this Ben Simmons thing for a little bit. <laughs> and if I'm Philly, why not? Such a, vote of, such a vote of fucking confidence, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we're right. going to try this out for a little bit longer and see what happens. Right. Well, I do think this is the time, though. They got, they got the coaching change. They put the they got the shooting background that they had two years ago, where their offensive efficiency numbers were actually good. So I would try it. Why not? You may shit. Maybe you have two of the best ten players in the league. I don't know. Luke, anything else to add on this riveting conversation of James Harden? I hate to be anti-player, but uh, I think Houston just needs to make a stand. Don't <laughs> trade. Hold on to yeah. unless you get the right. Unless you get the right offer. I mean, this shit's just gotten so ridiculous. Guys in the contract that can just force their way out. And then he'll just. And I think that's what they're doing. Well, then he'll just load manage himself and be like, ah, you know, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to push my body. I'm going to play a quarter of the games. And you guys have my trade value sinks even more because I'm a fucking cancer. So. Yeah. The double edged sword, man. Someone's got to take a stand. Mm -hmm. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> All right. You guys anything else to say? Uh, NBA really, like we said, probably, what do you think, next week, maybe the week after? Um, getting into some uh, preview picks for uh, yeah. for the upcoming season since it's uh, right around the corner with the uh, yeah. right around Christmas. So uh, Preseason's Monday, I think. I think preseason starts Monday. Yeah. So Next week. Luke, do you want to comment on uh, Doc Rivers' rebuttal to Paul George? Um, did you see it? Well, well, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> friggin' Lou's not gonna do anything. He was in on the whole. He was in on the the tank job to begin with. <laughs> you know my stance on that. Well, we already know what Ty Lewis is. He's gonna have his big bug ass eyes and just say like, "Well, whatever you want to do, go ahead, PG." <laughs> I'm Ty Lou. Sounds like it'll be a lot of pick and rolls. Your ball, George. Right. <laughs> Some post-ups. Jesus. Whatever, man. No, I don't know. I'm excited. Dude, we're, we're like two weeks away from glory again. It's just not in the bubble. There it is. But we'll have games again. All right. We'll segue into uh, our week 13 picks. Um, good, not great. Got a little bit better on the uh, 
on the front based off of, you know, after week 12's debacle, um, Luke is still yes. kicking our ass royally. So <laughs> nice job, Luke. I don't know if that's something that you should be proud of or not because Scott and I both stink. It's pretty good gambling formula. We just see what you guys pick and then just go contrary. It's completely opposite. But the, the actual real question is, and I don't know if you want to out yourself to your to our listeners, are you actually wetting the beak with these picks or are, these, are you just writing them down and not doing anything about it? Uh, every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll get in on the action. Okay. I need, All right. I need fucking Ravens to mm-hmm. win to uh-huh. complete the last leg of a six-game six parlay here. I like Ooh, it. nice. Who'd you what, have? What in did you boost? Right? What was your odds boosted to with the six-game parlay? I don't think I got the odds boost. <clears throat> but what were we anyway? Plus like three hundred, plus four hundred. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, nice. I mean, picking all favorites. All nice. right. Yeah, it's currently ten-seven Cowboys as the start of the second quarter. So a real fucking barn burner there that everyone's uh, I'm sure excited to watch some Tuesday night football. So, all right, we'll get into the picks. Um, first one we had was uh, what we thought was going to be the best game of the of the week, and uh, it was for one team. Holy shit. And, Scott, would you like to apologize to Baker Mayfield? Yeah, sorry, Baker. You still suck ass, but the Titans' defense is terrible. Very sincere apology. I appreciate that. I'm sure Whatever, you suck. So, I was the only one that had uh, Browns plus the points here, and uh, – they made it interesting. Um, what it ended up being forty-one thirty-five. Yeah. So they barely covered, but mm-hmm. uh, started out they scored I think on their first five drives as five touchdowns. So it was uh, Baker had the play action working like they couldn't they had they could do no wrong. Like every time you mm-hmm. looked up, it was like oh Baker throws a touchdown to Donovan Peoples Jones and Baker throws a touchdown to the fucking left tackle. Like it was just the Titans. Couldn't have looked any different than from the week before when they lit the tits of the Colts, you know? Luke, what do you think of that game? I, it was a bizarre game. I, I'm still not sold on the Browns. I, I did not understand that game at all. I mean, now everyone's talking about everyone's on the Browns' balls. That's That was like their second quality win of the season. Was the Colts I, the first one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> if they – you know, they've got the running game. Um, you know, they did get Miles Garrett back. Um, but, man, I still – I still – I'm with you, Scott. I still don't trust Baker to do that on a weekly basis. I think that was the – that was a – until we see a little bit more evidence, that was just the product of a good game plan. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was we- definitely the game plan. And the Titans, it was just kind of – once it started raining, it started pouring, you know, like the floodgates just open and they couldn't stop. Them. And then once you get the Titans down that much, it really takes them out of their game because then you have to rely on Ryan Tannehill and you can't get Henry involved. And, you know, they turned it over. Henry had that fumble and this kind of really got out of rhythm and it was just kind of, uh, you know, an avalanche type effect for the game. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be because that those type of Browns for that specific game, they could compete with the Chiefs, but I just don't know if they could they can play that kind of, I mean, obviously if anyone can play that kind of game every single week, then you're, it's going to be tough to lose ever. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of the perfect, uh, perfect storm for them. They could run the ball and the defense uh, got some turnovers and some stops and um, 
yeah, it was kind of the way the, the game went. Scotty, what did you think of the, of the Titans-Browns? Obviously, it sounds like you're not all the way sold on the Browns' well, performance. I guess my – I'm looking at it more holistically in terms of the whole conference, right? Like, okay, so in, in, in the AFC, you have Pittsburgh, right? And I think we said on this pod that Pittsburgh was going to lose to Washington. They were freaking due, right? Oh, did we say that? We'll have to go back it and was, deck the tapes. If not, it was definitely in the text stream because I was calling it all week. I bet on Washington, right? Pittsburgh had played like shit for a month. They were due to lose. I think it was right? when you were doing your schedule review, if I remember right. right. Yeah. And then, so you have Kansas City, right? Like those two are clearly better than everyone else, right? I think Buffalo is kind of in their own tier. They're kind of like right below those, those two. But then you have Tennessee, Cleveland, Miami, Indy, Vegas, and Baltimore, who are like six teams who could any given week play out their ass like like the Browns did on Sunday and beat you. Like the Raiders, right, play two really good games against the Chiefs, lose to the fucking Falcons, and then almost and should have lost to the Jets on Sunday. Yeah. Like the teams are just so up and down. So to me, it makes it really hard to bet on those teams, but also hard to bet against them because they have these weeks where they just look freaking awesome. Right, so it's so hard to judge, like, and it makes me nervous about the playoffs, right? Like, we want to bet the Chiefs or the Steelers the whole time, but, like, if if one of these teams plays like the Raiders did against the uh, Chiefs and the Chiefs are just a little bit off like they were on Sunday against the Broncos, they were just a little off, right? right? Mahomes is just a little off. Him and Hill should have had two more touchdowns in that first quarter, and he just missed them, right? Yep. Or they could have right. just, just challenged it, you know. Right, right. But, I mean, even he overthrew him once in the first quarter. He, like, threw it to his right shoulder instead of his left shoulder. But that was, a, like, a 75-yard touchdown where he just threw it to the wrong side. You know what I mean? Where normally he would hit that. So, like, it's just a, it's a weird mix of teams who are, like, good. They're just good teams. They're solid. But they're going to have, like, just shitty weeks. It's unreal. Yeah. Like the Colts losing to the Jags. Shitty week. Right? Like. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think that uh, the uh, AFC, AFC uh, playoff picture is definitely going to be a clusterfuck for the next four yep. weeks. And uh, the big one is going to be Indy Vegas this upcoming week is really going to be obviously a de- determining factor on who kind of takes a stranglehold of both the wild card and if the Colts can keep up with the Titans that potentially still sneaking into the division. So it's going to be uh, – it's going to be a wild ride, especially since they opened it up to that seventh uh, playoff spot. So, um, with that, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot. Uh, I forgot to include New England in that. They're six and six. There's still a chance to make the damn playoffs. I know. So, apologies. That's Luke's team. Luke didn't. Luke didn't get a chance to bet against them though this week, so uh, he didn't get to uh, to jinx them. So, Jeez. But with that, um, who's not buried? Um, are the New York football giants and holy shit. Were we wrong about this game? All three of us had the Seahawks looking back in retrospect, 10 points is way too fucking much anyway, even though they didn't even win the game, the giants won the game outright. But uh, you know, thinking back, I know we said that, you know, Colt McCoy was starting. I didn't really trust it. It was at the, on the road. Um, but the giants have just kind of played within themselves and uh, their defense is kind of sneaky good as they've shown that they, shut down the Seahawks and really just kind of took stranglehold of the uh, NFC East along with the Washington football team, just as everyone expected. But uh, yeah, the Seahawks might be a little broken. You know, they, 
let Russ cook. Like you said, he's kind of started to fall off the rails and cook too much, and uh, they just can't get it going offensively anymore. And um, I don't know, Scotty, what do you what do you think of this game? Well, you heard it here first that the Giants were the best team in that division, that shitty division. But they honestly, they are getting better. Yeah, the yeah. Giants are fine. Uh, they've played better each week. Their games have been close, even the ones that they haven't won. Um, and Seattle's just not right. I don't know. They said Carson's hurt again, right? Like, their defense actually wasn't terrible, but they were going against Colt McCoy, who threw for like 100 yards, right? So, I don't, I don't know if that's, this is a game where you blame your defense. Russ needs to be better. Luke, are you worried about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Yeah, this is, you know, we worried about it at the beginning of the season. They were just depending on him to do way too much and thought – that, uh, you know, Scott mentioned it with uh, Carson coming back. They get the ground game going a little bit more, but just such a lack of balance on offense. And then we've, we've you know, hammered how horrible their defense is. Yeah, but they're still in the, in the five seed that um, I feel like other than the Rams, the Rams kind of took a stranglehold of the NFC West. The Bucks were idle and the, the Niners kind of fell off the, the wagon last night to the Bills. So, um, still kind of wide open in the West. So we'll uh, keep it moving here with um, talking about our hometown team, the uh, the Colts covering the three and a half over the Texans. And uh, the whole Colts franchise might have to give a Christmas gift to the uh, Houston Texans center because that snap at the end of the game just really gift wrapped the game for him. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was like I audibly yelled. I'm like, ah, ball. i couldn't believe it like they're on the four yard line it was like almost inevitable it was just like all right let them score so you can at least have a minute to try and march down the field and uh get a field goal and then all of a sudden it's just balls just sitting in the middle of the field and uh it was game over which was crazy so i mean i feel like the colts played decent enough they the fourth and one they got to figure out something you know whether it's jacoby or not handing the ball off to Naheem Hines up the middle. That's, you know, they tailor, uh, I don't know, they telegraphed their intentions of what they wanted to do. I feel like that short yardage fourth and ones, they've just really sucked at this year. And that's obviously could come back. It should have cost them that game. And I'm sure it'll probably come up again here in the next four games. Um, but at least a win's a win. I don't know, Luke, Colts correspondent Luke, um, what did you think of that game? Yeah, that's one of those games you take the win and you just get the hell out of town because they probably didn't deserve to win that one. Um, we did have a T.Y. Hilton sighting, so that was he good. Man, I'm telling you, he uh, he always steps his game up in Houston. It's, it's whatever reason, he could be dead to the world, and he just comes alive and puts on his best games for them. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. They had they had such a good thing going there with uh, those resets, uh QB sneaks on fourth and one. I don't know why they strayed from it there, but, but uh, you know, then, you know, Scott always talks about these coaches overthinking things. And I think that's, you know, Frank Reich just has a tendency to do that from time to time. You know, he's, he, he can draw up some plays and if he hits on them, you know, he, he uh, completely baffles the other team, but if, if you get it wrong and they see it coming, then it just goes nowhere. So, yeah. One of those things. Kind of, uh, he almost overscouts himself, you know, like he's like trying to not do the tendencies like, well, we're in this formation or 
when we bring this running back in, we're going to do this play. So he like tries to over, over scalp us. At some point you just have to kind of play to your strengths, you know, like bring Jacoby in, get the half yard or bring in Taylor. Like he's a, 6'3", 240 guys rather than Naheem Hines to try and get a half a yard. But, uh, yeah. Scott, what did you think of the game? Uh, Luke, is it the injuries, why the Colts D is struggling? Or, like, Deshaun was good on Sunday, I thought. I think he's been good for a few weeks in a row now, if not all season. But they just seem like they're not as good as they were, like, mid-season. Well, they were – I thought they were pretty – they were pretty stout against the run. It was just, it was mainly just Deshaun doing what Deshaun does. And, you know, they, they get, even when they had pressure on him, he, he evaded the pressure and scrambled and threw it downfield. There was a play in the first, uh, on their first or second drive or whatever, when the, when the Texans scored their first touchdown, they had him in like third and 15 or third and 20 or whatever. They had him sacked and he, and he, uh, scrambled and hit the hit was it cutie or whatever or like a 50 yard 50 yard bomb yeah there's just stuff like that that kept happening yep. which john watson's good man so that's a little unlucky maybe even more than not playing great like you get the sack there that 50 yard pass doesn't happen yeah that's what i would chalk it up to all right and he's just so evasive. Like they can, I mean, I feel like, like Luke said, they had pressure on him most of the game. It's just, he was able to, to scramble and just, you know, he could get out of the, out of their grasp and then just rattle off an eight to 10 yard run like that. You know, like yeah. he's, he, that's such a game changer when a quarterback can be evasive and not a statue like Phil, like noodle, excuse me. I almost said the PR word again. Hey, um, it's, it's noodles birthday today. Happy birthday, noodle. There you go. Should we send something to him from our uh, from the Twitter account, or maybe our uh, social media intern can tweet at something? Please. I think he's thirty nine. I heard, but I heard it was his birthday today. So happy yeah. birthday, Noodle. We appreciate you the last four weeks. Thanks for listening, Nude. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it moving. Uh, like I said, the Colts got gift wrap one there, so maybe that was an early birthday present for Noodle uh, on the snap. So uh, keep moving to the NFC West. Uh, matchup, like I said, that was probably one of the other uh, great game of the weekend was uh, was Rams-Cardinals. Luke and I were right on this one with the Rams uh, covering the two and a half. Cardinals might be broken. I think Kyler, they're definitely changing the way they play offense with the way he's – I think he's probably pretty uh, pretty injured, but they're not going to lead on to it. It's just uh, the Rams are a little more of a dynamic team or a well-rounded team in their defense, you know, getting that pick six and Aaron Donald can Aaron do what Aaron Donald does. Um, and Goff, when he's got a clean pocket, can uh, can pick you apart. But uh, I think the Rams are going to – could be a force to be reckoned with. It's just uh, the NFC West is such a shootout, man. I have no idea. Scotty, what did you think? You thought uh, Cardinals could cover that or what did you see the game? Yeah, Kyler's clearly hurt. I saw a, a tweet today that had um, this uh, DeAndre Hopkins route tree from the past um, – uh, what, what has he been hurt? Two weeks. And for the past two weeks, he's only been running routes uh, 10 yards or closer and then coming back to the ball. When it, and then it showed his route tree at the beginning of the season where he was, like, getting down the field, stretching him out. And I think – I'm assuming they're doing that because Kyler's shoulder's messed up and he can't throw it that far. Um, 
So I thought that was interesting. And the, the lack of design runs for him, if he's not going to run, then he's just more like noodle. You know what I mean? Like his, yeah. his huge advantages are his legs. And if he's not going to do that, it really limits you. Yeah. Luke, what did you think? You obviously had the, had the Rams uh, laying the two and a half. You thought that the Rams uh, are kind of taking over uh, NFC West or what's your thoughts there? Yeah. Beyond even the NFC West, if you look at the NFC in general, I would say the Rams are the team that I trust the most, even though, you know, you got to rely on off who's, who's uh, sporadic to say the least, but um but yeah, I like I like what they're doing defensively. Um, they're starting to get the run game um, a little bit more on track than what they were doing at the beginning of the season. So, uh, and yeah, by all accounts, it looks like you know. Just to reiterate that, it looks like Kyler's hurt, and you know the the Cardinals are heading in the wrong direction here. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, keep moving with the last couple of games we we went through. Um, this one we did kind of shy away from what our normal stance is with the Chiefs, where we take them usually uh, no matter what when it's under 10. Uh, this one was over 10. This one was uh, Chiefs laying 13 and a half. But we thought, or at least I thought, with playing the Broncos and the way the Broncos have played and Drew Locke stinks, that, uh, that they would be able to cover that no problem. But uh, I feel like the Broncos had a pretty good defensive game plan and were able to uh, – slow down the Chiefs or at least keep them to field goals, which is a huge, huge deal when uh, you can keep them out of the end zone. And they were able to do that. And, um, you know, I think it was, we all knew it was kind of just a matter of time before the Chiefs could kind of start to figure it out. And they did. And they got touchdowns when they needed it. And Kelsey is just uh, incredible. Um, but, yeah, I don't think this was ever really in doubt in terms of uh, a win for the Chiefs. But uh, looking back, 13 and a half – some of these these spreads, it just seems like such common sense. Like, oh yeah, they can definitely beat them by fourteen. But then you think about, it, it's like, holy shit, that's a that's so many points. You know, like I don't know, Scotty, what did you think of that game Sunday night? Um, I thought the Chiefs were doing just enough to win. They were just a little off. Like I said in the first quarter, I think it was the first drive. I think Mahomes threw it to Hill, and it, w it was a seventy-five yard touchdown, easy, but he threw it to the wrong shoulder. Right. And then that one where he like he caught it and then dropped it and then caught it again. And then they that's his assistant coach's fault, it. by the way. They should have been challenging that. Like the coaches should have been looking at the damn replay and saying, hey, we need to challenge that immediately. That's on his assistant coaches. And I get it. He'll I'm assuming he'll thought it hit the ground. And he right. He didn't, had, like, that's he what didn't I dispute assume. it at all, really. Right. I would assume he thought it hit the ground. That's pretty tough as you're diving midair and still trying to catch it. He should have caught it initially anyway, hit him right in the hands and he dropped it. I mean, so that's two touchdowns right there that they didn't score. I thought that was pretty fluky. And then they they could have gone for it a couple other – I mean, if that's in the playoffs, they're probably going for that a couple more times on those field yeah, goals. Yeah, not, not taking field goals on, like, yeah, the yeah, line. line. Got the best player in football. You're going for it, right. like, all day. I think that I, – I think I mentioned it a little bit on uh, last week's pod. Is it, like, a 13 and a half is so much, and you kind of think that they're just not going to yeah. overdo themselves. You know, like, they know that they don't have to – pull out all the stops and go for it on fourth down and get uh, get a touchdown every single game because they're playing the Broncos. And if they really wanted to beat them by 20, they could, but it's like, why, why uh, overdo it if you don't have to? So I think that was kind of, that, I don't know. I mean, I'm speaking from a novice 
you know, slash professional. Uh, that's my viewpoint, but uh, it's hard to say how they approach the game, you know. Grayson and I have been uh, talking about postulates we need to come up with for gambling. Corollaries maybe even. Yeah, what either, any of those, but it's like I feel like in weeks like 10 through 15 or 16, it's almost like weird shit's going to happen, right? Like if the spread is above like 12, it's probably way too high no matter what because like the Chiefs weren't clearly – if they were like going all out kitchen sink, they would have gone for those probably yeah. three or four of those field goals and they didn't. Right, but they didn't need to either, right? So just remembering that going forward, especially on these good teams where it's like you just do enough to get by. That's kind of what the Steelers are doing, and it just happened to bite them in the ass on Sunday. So by good teams, do you mean the Jacksonville Jaguars and almost got their second win of the year on Sunday? At, if, at this point, Jacksonville and, and New York are dumb for trying to win. Just tank, get the number one pick. Well, it was a tank off there for, for about 20 minutes when the Jets were ahead and the Jags were, uh, were losing. I get it. I get it. If I'm a coach, I'm trying to win and all that. But if I'm the franchise, like I'd, I'd want the pick, I think. You're, you're on Greg Williams' camp and pull, pulling an all-out blitz on the last fucking play of the game. You're okay I mean, with that? If you – I was listening to Joe Thomas. Uh, he was on a pod yesterday on Rosillo. He played yeah. for the Browns when Williams was there. Yeah. And he said, like, that's Greg Williams. Like, he's done that his whole career. He said there would be Hail Mary plays, like, going into halftime, and he would – all out, engage eight blitz, and sack the quarterback. That's just what he does. If you didn't want that, you shouldn't have hired Greg Williams. Yeah. So, well, uh, you guys are more football guys than me, but that's, it sounds like to me that's on them for hiring him. If that's not what they wanted, then they should have got someone else. Luke, do you have any thoughts on the Chiefs? I realize that you haven't, you didn't really speak that whole segment there. <laughs> no, I don't have anything else to add. I don't think the Chiefs, I don't think the Chiefs are losing the rest of the season. Do we want to do everyone's favorite segment and look at the Chiefs' remaining schedule real quick? Scott, I got it. Sure. Please. Yeah. I want to talk about the Rams. Yeah, the Chiefs have a hard schedule. They play they Miami, at New Orleans, Atlanta, and the Chargers. Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest test will be the Saints. Yep. But, uh Yeah. Like I said, I still don't trust the Saints. But if you're them, it's like, I guess, granted, if you're, you're trying to jockey for that number one seed so you get the bye. But uh, if I'm either one of those teams, unless it's, like, directly affecting my seed, I don't know if I would pull out the kitchen sink for a team that you could possibly see in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Is that worth it, I guess, at that point? Yeah, that's a fair um, point. Pittsburgh has at Buffalo, at Cincy, Indy, at Cleveland. I mean, that's – Yeah. It's going to be interesting. That definitely uh, – the Pittsburgh loss yesterday really opened up the door um, for the AFC. So, the Chiefs are right there, obviously. I think that's going to be a, a big uh, a big factor in the next uh, remaining weeks here. So, with that, we just got a few minutes left. Um, we will – discuss uh, our last game uh, which was the Monday night game the late night game um, Bills Niners and Luke uh, you were had a, dead on the nose there again the Bills um, really had a lot to prove Josh Allen us Josh Allen truthers from early on in the year uh, he came out to play and just was really I mean looked like he was on a whole nother level against you know playing against like 
11 on seven almost on when the Bills are on offense. They just kind of move the ball at will. And uh, I don't know if you watched any of the game last night, Luke, but uh, obviously you were hit, hit the nail on the, on the head with the Bills. Yeah, man, the Niners are just so banged up. It's just hard to – I know some of their guys are coming back now, but it just sucks that their season went down the went down the tubes like it did. But, uh, but yeah, I, mean, I think the Bills are looking good too. Um, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with here down the stretch and into the playoffs. Scotty, would you do us the pleasure of reading us the Bills' remaining schedule? Buffalo remaining – Pittsburgh at Denver at New England – Miami. So that's not easy either. Do we think there's still an outside chance Miami takes that division for us? Uh, for those of us who took the Dolphins to win the division five weeks ago at plus 600? Kansas City, New yep. England, at Vegas, at Buffalo. <laughs> they could easily go 0-4, unfortunately. That is rough. Hey, you know, that's why they play the game. <laughs> you play to win the game, Herm Edwards. God, that's so, tough, though, man. That's brutal. Yeah. New England has at Rams, at Miami, Buffalo Jets. That's a little easier. But, God dang, that's tough. <laughs> Buffalo is the hardest, and then New England, and then Miami's the easiest of the remaining, but still that's tough. Yeah. Jeez. All right, Scotty, you want to give us a quick update on your Wessel specials? Yeah, we had another good week. Uh, three and two up for the week, 13 units. Uh, would have been a really good week if Seattle just played a little bit better. Um, once again, one pick off on our uh, flyer parlay had Washington, had Arizona. Uh, looking back, I wish the Kyler thing, it's just frustrating that they're not honest with the injuries. That's frustrating as shit. Yeah, but I mean, what do you want them to do? He's still playing. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just frustrating because if he's healthy, they're just as good as the Rams, even though I really like the Rams. They're, the Cardinals are good if Kyler's right. Gotcha. But, All right. You guys got anything else, uh, NFL Week 13? Yeah. Uh, can we talk? I know the Eagles suck and Hurts is coming in for Wentz. But you guys are both football guys. Like Carson Wentz was the MVP – of the Super Bowl, what, three years ago? No, he was hurt then. That was Nick Foles. Did he have an MVP? He was like runner-up for MVP one of the years or something? He, I think it was that year he was playing really well, and then he got hurt. And then Okay. Uh, so he was playing good. He was playing good right? last year, too. He kind of willed that team to the playoffs last year, the same kind of team where they were pretty much pulling janitors off the street at wide receiver, and he willed them to the playoffs. And, right. Yeah. So my question is for you football guys is like, is it, is it because the offensive line is so terrible that he just can't throw anymore? Or you don't lose it, right? Like, he's not I, old. I would say probably a combination of the offensive line and I think his – he's probably seeing some kind of ghost decision-making. Confidence is all kind of zapped. It's just kind of yeah. – uh, could be a, uh, a perfect storm of uh, shit show. Luke, I don't know what right. you think. Yeah, we talked about <clears> – <throat> I know what, – what year is this for him? Like three or four in the league? Yeah. And we he was hurt about, like one whole year or something, right? Or half a year? Yeah, we talked about, you know, kind of needing a few years of evidence before you really make a decision on these mm -hmm. younger quarterbacks because they – it seems like they can – a lot of them, you know, flash the first year or two and then the book comes out on them and 
you know, they're, they're dead to rights after that. So, yeah. Well, see, I, didn't, I didn't think Hertz was like awesome when he came in. I know he threw a touchdown, but he wasn't like, Oh, sweet. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to, it could be tough for him. So, all right, with that, I do want to wrap up and finish with uh, everyone's favorite segment. Fuck you, Jerry. Uh, they made a signing today uh, that really means nothing. They pretty much dumpster dove on a right fielder, Adam Eaton, who was on their team four years ago. He was kind of good then. They traded him to Washington. He's in the wrong side of the 30. We're being cheap asses. Jerry's going to Jerry. Fuck him. This is going to be apparently our stopgap in right field, which they're paying him $8 million for one year. And the guy bats two twenty. And he stinks. And he's a cancer in the clubhouse because Drake LaRoche wasn't in the clubhouse and he got pissed off and it tore people apart. So, you know, just another day in the life of the White Sox and he's our future right fielder. So that's us. And uh, that's it. So fuck you, Jerry. Everyone's favorite.